Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got Elise Testone coming on. She's doing some great things on it. You might remember her from American Idol. She's also been on tonight's show with Jay Leno and Ellen, and we'll probably talk about all that too. Um, but we're excited to hear parts of her story and talk some music. So Elise. Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you reaching out. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Yes. Um, so because we're in a tough time for entertainment, um, I always like to start out the same way, kind of get the elephant out the room, so to oh, speak. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through all that? Well, the elephant in the room has really changed. Usually the elephant in the room is American Idol. Um, <laughs> I like this. Um, COVID has been interesting. Um, I had to give up my apartment in Brooklyn, which was sad. I, you know, I spent about five or six years really building a life for myself there, but you know, yeah. there's nothing going on and, um, mm -hmm. I couldn't afford that. My rent was very high. I mean, I was lucky where I Airbnb in my guest room. So I actually made more than half every, every month. So oh, wow. it wasn't a problem, but then everybody canceled. So Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so wow. now I'm living in Rhode Island. I'm about 40 minutes from Providence in a town called Tapachet. It's kind of like earthy. We have chickens. We sing to the chickens. Um, I have found some gigs here, which has been cool. I've been doing a lot of virtual lessons. Um, I've been practicing guitar and piano a lot. Um, so that's a blessing. Um, you know, I'm living with my, my nephews, so we're getting close and I'm teaching them things too. So it's, you know, it's definitely, it's been different, but I think it's been, um, a change. It, it's a time that I think everybody kind of needed in a way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Regroup, refocus, you know, figure out their intentions and, and yeah. their dreams and goals. So it's been cool. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Yeah, the entertainment industry slowed down, which sped us up because we launched our show January of 2020 before all this happened. Mm -hmm. And I remember our original plan was 100 interviews our first year. I thought, you know what, if we could do 100 interviews, uh, we'd probably lay a great foundation for the first year. And then COVID happens. Yes. And I was like, um, oh, this may be our time to shine, you know, because artists like you're going to need a place to chat and talk. Um, with everything slowing down and we would probably actually be able to book people that we normally would not be in a book being a new brand new show we end up with doing over 300 interviews last year oh yeah. cool <laughs> so, which led us to this point here where All about time we're like you know you know they always say timing like i remember mark cuban was asked one time not long ago if he if he lost if he started what he does now today could he be a billionaire again huh. and he actually said no he <laughs> says i could he says i would be a millionaire he says there's no question about that he says but to be a billionaire it takes timing and the timing that my company did back then would never happen again it's interesting yeah <laughs> 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 So timing is everything. And our yeah. show is, I guess, kind of was right in there and just didn't know it. And all of a sudden we're getting the different people on that we never imagined. Yeah, <laughs> you know, perfect for you. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people, they ask, when did you um, know you want to do music? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click that it could actually be a career? 
Um, I think when I was younger, I always kind of, I was, I believed in myself and I, I knew that I could go places, but I never really wanted that when I was younger. I was, oh, wow. yeah. I, I recognized at a young age that that was my passion and it's, it kind of like freaked me out to, to think about using that passion to make money. You know, I was, I was afraid that yeah. maybe change that for me and it would then become you know more over more work you know like, <laughs> i mean not work but you know what i'm saying it, it, yeah. takes, yeah. it makes sense it takes yeah, the fun so that, out of it right yeah so i so i guess i kind of <clears throat> knew at a young age maybe even like i don't know like younger than 10 i feel like i started gigging when i was 12 but i always what? sang recitals and showcases when i was three four five six um so I guess when I went to college, freshman year, I went undecided. I had dreadlocks, was skateboarding everywhere. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, what is, what am I doing? Like music's the only, what I want to do. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I went to the Dean's office or whatever. And I, I said, I have to change my, you know, my major has to be music. I need to change all of this. Oh, wow. That's probably yeah. when I really decided to like make that jump into full time, you know, really focusing on it. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I always like to start a little light before we really dig in. So what are some hobbies you do outside of music? Um, I like to kind of pick up a new hobby every year. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. That uh, doesn't mean I'm awesome at it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so one year I, I learned how to knit and I made everybody scarves. And oh, cool. One year I might make like skirts or dresses. Um, this year I'm making jewelry. If you'd like it. <laughs> Um, I love nature. I love being outside. I love going for hikes. Um, mm -hmm. I like, I have a longboard. I don't skateboard, but I, I like cruise around this area, which is a lot nicer than cruising around Brooklyn and potholes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll cruise and then my, my nephews will ride their bikes or we have like a little lifted golf cart we might go around on the trails. Um, mm -hmm. but other than that, I mean, guitar, piano, drums, you know, music. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a big nerd, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think we all are to a degree. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I don't know how to answer that. Give me an example. <laughs> I always let the guests decide what they what they feel is quirky, because what I might think is quirky may not be what they think, you know? <laughs> yeah. had some interesting it's been, answers. It's been some interesting yeah. answers. You know, okay. unusual, different, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's quirky about you? <laughs> well, we're we have been in a twenty four seven marriage since the day we married eighteen years ago. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. Say that again. We've been a twenty four seven couple for since day one, eighteen years ago. Yeah, Aww. pretty much. <laughs> we now, work together. We, we do everything together. Mm -hmm. And I think we've spent maybe two or three thousand hours apart in eighteen years. When you wow. count, you know. Uh, you know, but for the most part, we've been 24-7. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that would be a quirk. We've been called all kinds of names for it, you know, unhealthy and dependent and this. And I'm like, no, we're interdependent. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> like that, you know, people always have opinions about everything. I think that whatever works for you this is what works for you, you know, and people yeah. would always say, oh, it's unhealthy. You talk to this person three hours a day. And I'm like, why though? Why is it? Yeah. Yeah. We're in a lockdown. If we were in real life, we'd be next to each other, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just like when we, the night, the day we met online, 
uh, back in February 2nd, you know, that very first time we talked on the phone, we talked from 11 p.m. that night to 3 a.m. Oh, well, yeah. We did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, been that way ever since. Yeah, it worked <laughs> out. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, quirky. I still don't know how to answer that. I, I don't. I don't really. I don't know if I understand the word. Quirky to me makes me think like, like funny or like nerdy. Is that right? Or unusual. Unusual. Or okay. Unusual. Um, I always kind of like say this one thing because I think it was interesting. There was this one year in my life where I, um, I just like worked probably too much. Um, okay. I don't think I slept that year. Uh, and then I was like, I need to be free. So I, I quit like three of the weekly gigs because there was like 12 a week that year. Oh, oh wow. wow. That's a lot. And a day job, like two day jobs, actually. So early, oh, wow. then I teach, taught, and then I would maybe have two gigs that night and then maybe like three on the weekends. It was crazy. So I quit two, three of them and I was like, I'm free. And I rented a cello. <laughs> and I teach myself how to play cello. And then, and then I would break from the cello and I would teach myself how to juggle because I thought it would help the coordination. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so that's my my one weird thing that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I love your idea of a new hobby each year trying. I was like, I like that idea. That's, that is kind of broaden your horizons every year. Yeah, I try not. I I have this like fear of being predictable or or like too routine, you know. And I just don't want that to happen. That's so I kind of like do that <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I, yeah. You know. The show has been as routine as you get, and sometimes it drives me crazy knowing that we've got one or two shows booked every day, five, six days a week, and there's like no flexibility there. And and sometimes I like want to freak because I, I like I like to be able to just say, you know what, let's go to Jacksonville, let's go to Florida, you know. And you, and now we kind of can't do that. So part of it is like freaking, but then the other part is like, okay, for once in my life, I'm doing something that's been focused. For a long period of time and it's actually working <laughs> yeah, i mean that's working for you you know that's that's a good routine and a good schedule to be on. and it's exciting because you're it's not the same every day you're, you're yeah, talking yeah, about different guests every yeah. day so it is different because yeah, we bring on artists and actors um the whole in fact we started out as a country music um show we did then it merged into a music show all genres and then and what happened was in august of last year um was our biggest month where we interviewed 44 people in september i was having a hard time booking people because um people are starting to get gigs again mm -hmm. so now they're getting busy yeah. and i was like okay how do i i got so used to um interviewing all the time i was like how do i fill those gaps in and yeah. i told sandy i wonder if the acting world would accept us yeah and next thing i know we're getting pits more from actors than we are yeah it's been crazy yeah <laughs> so as you know um you know like you were talking earlier about losing your passion it kind of goes along with this um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, a Miranda, a Carrie and all them, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the struggles, the tears that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level within the entertainment world, especially music. And I always want to talk about this side of it because nobody talks about this. And I always said, you know what, we're going to talk about it because I think it's important. Um, and I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. 
her and her daughter. And I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And I'll never forget what she told us. She said, this may sound funny coming from someone full time, but if you can see yourself doing something else, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. She goes, um, everybody kind of owns a piece of your life. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to, to weekends, to getaways, to holidays. She goes, but when you're in that grind mode, you got to say no to everything because you've got to leave that room for and for your the passion that you have. And you got to be all in, period. She goes, and then your family has to sacrifice. They got to kind of kick you out the door and let the world have you. So they got to share you with the world. But then she added, but. If you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. I mean, that's 100% true. I Right now, everything's weird. So let's just pretend we're in two years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre -COVID. And like, even now, it's been hard for me to adjust to like not being busy. Like, it gives me anxiety, actually. Like, I feel... I feel that if I'm just watching TV or doing like a normal thing that I'm wasting my time. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, I feel guilty. I feel like I'm not working hard enough. I feel like I'm like, there's, you know, I could have been, I could have written five songs in the time that I just <laughs> to basic story, that I, you know, or just whatever, yeah. you know, sitting around watching TV or I feel the same way. It's like, there's been so many things I've missed. I, I missed my uncle's funeral. I've missed, holidays birthdays um because you have to choose you know and yeah. and it's like if yeah. you're not in you're not going to succeed because there's a million people trying to do the same thing and music like real estate are the two hardest careers to succeed in i, I don't know if that's true yeah. but, <laughs> um but i you have a lot of realtors in fact they they have a, like a list of top 10 things to be a savannian and one of them gets your real estate license <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I mean, that is good money. You sell one house, you're good for like a year, right? Um, so, so anyway, I, I I feel exactly the same way. The grind is is real. Um, you got to, you know, I believe in networking. Some people like to fight that, but that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, some things that I've yeah. done just to get myself out there are um, putting myself in the right places, you know, and, and not even just put, not so much pushing myself on people but just like being there yeah. and not times where they're like oh I, like now i know you and now i trust you and now i'm going to call you up on stage every time i see you and that happens to me all the time and i love oh, that wow. so you know the first time i ever went to new orleans it was during jazz fest which is the biggest festival probably in america and i played on the main stage and i was like i'm just gonna go for two weeks and mm -hmm. see what happens i ended up having like eight gigs um wow. every time i went to a, a club if they someone saw me on the side they might you know get up here and I'll improvise and and then <laughs> I built that like I built that just from being there and going and, and showing them and not being afraid and taking risks and chances um and if I didn't do that who knows what would have happened you know I, I think yeah. you can get lucky online but it's just something different about being face to face and yeah really mm -hmm. so important how your voice or your music can really like affect their heart you know and remembering you and that's why we hope that eventually we go back to whatever a new normal is, but at least right. a somewhat new normal. Yes. <laughs> because Facebook is so important. It yeah. is. The music will probably be, 
I, I was thinking about it today. So there's a whole scene of musicians and like, I guess if you want to call it the jam band scene, but it's deeper, yeah. than, that. It's deeper than that, in my opinion, the, this specific scene. And yeah. um, mm -hmm. what happens if they, they overbook all these shows during festival times? So they'll have the main show and then they'll have the late night show. And they if somebody chooses a theme, like we're going to do Earth, Wind and Fire, we're going to do James Brown, whatever. And what happens is everybody's so good that they all get booked up so fast and then nobody really practices because they're so good and they don't have time and they think they can just pull it off. So now I'm interested. I mean, I always practice, but now I'm interested to see everybody has so much time. And now there's just like a few shows uh -huh. with these like amazing all-star musicians and, and bands that are being thrown together. And I bet you the shows are going to be phenomenal because everybody has time now you know and they're probably just so mm -hmm. eager and excited and now they probably don't take their gift for granted you know so i'm interested yeah. to see what happens. and think of this too you know a lot of people they're so itching for the concerts again oh, so yeah. you can imagine when when mm -hmm. it's finally free and clear at least to a degree yeah how packed places are, are going to be at the beginning because and again whenever that is whether that's end of this year i believe it's going to be 2022 before we see that um yeah. some people think it believe it's going to be this year i think that's a little um too positive i just don't see it but whenever we get there people are going to be so itching for those concerts and those live events that i think for at least two or three years people are going to the concert venues and all that are going to make a lot of money yeah yeah for sure um, I'm, I know that I just booked like a week run in March. You should come. Um, I'm playing in Charleston. Uh, I'm actually, I'm playing in Virginia beach on the way. So March mm -hmm. 5th, and then the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, I'm playing in Charleston uh, and then back through Virginia beach, St. Patty's and back. Um, uh, what's my point? Oh, so they're, you know, they're, they're half capacity. They're selling yeah. tickets for a higher price. Um, there's this really cool outdoor events going on. I just got booked for one in June um, in Charleston as well. It seems like the South is a little bit more open. Yeah. Uh, is that yeah. Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, all of us little corner here in the Southeast, we're all open. <laughs> yeah, that. Everybody's cool there. It just, you know, you're not getting it. <laughs> Yeah, because I, because I, you know, we yeah. go to Florida a lot, and Georgia and South Carolina. We, you know, in fact, Georgia was kind of the guinea pig, because after everything closed in the U.S., Georgia was the first state to reopen. Yeah, yeah. at the end of April, they pretty much opened everything and, back. And up. I mean, we've been going back to our church since how long? Now? September. September. Really? Yeah. And we have a and we have a um, two thousand seat church. Mm -hmm. And it's full. Or is oh, it? Oh, no, well, no. The way they do it now is they have every other row can have people, and each family has to have two seats between them. So they have and, and you space have and you do have to, do to wear that. a mask if you're in the church. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. So they do try to make it to where okay, let's we so that we can keep having church. You know. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're making it safe as you can make mm -hmm. it, and but yeah, a lot of people don't come, which we actually kind of like because we're like um we're we are in a big church, but <laughs> we can we can actually relax in a big church. Right. <laughs> so spaced out yeah that's kind of nice um i actually i was singing in an african methodist episcopal church um mm -hmm. and we i was trying to hold on to the gig but it's in new jersey so it's been kind of hard to hold on to and of course like they're not open like we've been doing a virtual so i would just drive up there yeah on days and um 
you know, we rehearse Saturday and then we would just do the whole thing virtual. But now it's just like they're not making, the, you know, we they had to cut, keep cutting the band down, which is a bummer because the band is, oh, God. versions of the best bands are like the bass player and the drummer and oh man they had to like cut you know cut it back because people couldn't come to the church and you know they're not getting the money they need to but that was one of my favorite things to do ever like there in charleston <laughs> we go to charleston a lot and mm -hmm. we go to when we go there we go to seacoast church they've been opened back up too um, oh, yeah. yeah i was wondering about seacoast yeah 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 they're they're back yeah. in fact i think we went to the week after they first right, opened they back opened up in September too. <laughs> you, know, you know Jeff Hodges? He 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 goes there, and I think he does stuff with. Seems music. like I remember that name. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Kind of like Fit. Mm, he owns a recording studio, uh, Charleston Sound. Hmm. Um, I I recorded my first record, or I mixed and I mixed it at his studio um, oh, wow. because oh, they have like the best uh, mixing console. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, and then he's in a band called Man on Fire, and I'm on his album. Uh, I think it got more popular overseas. Um, it was doing really well. Um, and he had, during the quarantine, he actually gifted me with a laptop um, so I can record more on his stuff. And he was kind of helping me, you know, through like figuring out how to record at home. So I've been doing, I've been doing some recording at home. It's been really cool. So we're all connected. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like all they all say, you know, when things happen, you have to make it work however you mm -hmm. make it work. Yeah. And that's what life is. And now that we talked about a lot of the, the struggle side and the sacrifice side, let's go the other way. Let's talk about the glory side now. Okay. And let's start with, as you thought I was going to start with. Uh, the other elephant. The other elephant. In the room. I don't. Let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> uh, okay. I want to know. <laughs> you have a specific question or you just want me to? Just how did, what made you go out for Idol? Um, um, what made me go out for Idol? So, honest, okay, let me just speak well. Um, I, I American Idol wasn't really something that I really wanted to do. I remember when yeah. it first came out, I was kind of young and critical, and yeah. you know, I, I always w had a um, a negative connotation towards like reality shows, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I started to, you know, I started to like be more open-minded about it. And my friend Holly who passed away, she was obsessed with me being famous and she just like believed in me <laughs> anyone on, on earth and, um, you know, was really trying to push me to do it. And ironically they had called me at, at the same time and they asked me to audition. Oh, wow. So I was like, all right, well, my best friend, you know, then they called. It's a sign. And I was teaching at the time. And that, that was the year that I was like crazy busy. Um, and I started like getting fit and in shape. And I just felt like this is the time, you know, 27 too. It was a good age. Um, and uh, I, I took them up on their offer. You know, they told me I didn't have to wait in the line, which was nice. Uh, oh, wow. Just I did everything everybody had to do. I just didn't have to wait in that line. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's the hardest part almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the line is really for show. But uh, so, yeah, so that was that was what happened. You know, they asked me to come and I, I they said a bunch of people in town had given them my name. And, you know, I was flattered and honored and I did it. <laughs> did, did you imagine going as far as you did? Yes, because if I didn't, I wouldn't have. Uh, if you uh, visualize something, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so once we got to when I was eliminated, I, I kind of, my visions kind of got blurry, you know, because mm -hmm. I I was starting to not like being there because 
of how yeah. it felt kind of contrived as it yeah. got closer yeah. to the end. It's kind of like steered because obviously they want the best, you know, the person who's going to make them the most money to win, you know, because they're on the yeah. contract. Right. Um, and I think for me, I'm more of like an old school. I was definitely the oldest, first of all, which is never easy on that show. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm more of like an old school, like kind of singer. And I, I'm not so much like put me in the box and keep me there and the way they edit sometimes it's like they don't really flatter it's like you could always tell who they want to go on by yeah. how they edit yeah they're like i remember um the last episode of idol during the gabby barrett part and i remember they showed gabby pear barrett and all her parts of how because, you know, they made her look really overzealous and all this and that. And I know her and her, her family and stuff. And I was like, and then they made Maddie Poppy look, you know, all humble. And she is that. You yeah, know, we even interviewed yeah, um, with uh, Maddie. She was really awesome. But I, I knew at the end, I told Sandy, uh, the best, I, I felt, to me, I felt like Gabby should win. But I knew she wasn't because of the way they edit. I was like, I, I was like you know. She's not winning. There's no way. But I was like, and when I got on Facebook and watched what people were saying, I was right. Ever, oh, Gabby stuck up this, stuck up that. I knew immediately they didn't want Gabby to win. They wanted Maddie to win. Yeah, yeah. I, you see that all the time. I mean, a bunch of our friends going home, you know, even in early on, because you could tell that they were going to go home because they did the same yeah. thing. You try to make them look bitchy or whatever, but um, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. But, you know, even with me, when I, I don't know if you remember, but when Philip and I did the somebody I used to know. I remember that. Mm -hmm. So they did that whole stupid <laughs> skit beforehand where, like, <laughs> him and stuff. And uh, yeah. record, the camera guy followed me for three days. And then that's what they do. They're in your face until you're finally, oh, my God, I'm fine. Get out of here. And then <laughs> you just want him to get out of your face. Like, you're barely sleeping. You know, there's a lot of uh -huh. stress. So you, you wow. just get in. Um, I didn't know what he was going to do with it. And then, and then that whole, you know, they're trying to make, they're like, Why do you act like you're annoyed to fill up in this talk right here. Just do it. And then they piece it together. Oh, wow. Like, and they made me look like I was so rude and that I made him do the song. And like, I didn't even know the song. Yeah, they made that. me do the song. You know? so, <laughs> they did that because, um, you know, he had those health things. So it was hard for him sometimes to hit like the high notes. Yeah. Right, right. And since they chose that song. It wasn't good for his voice. You know, right. great voice, but that wasn't the song for him. Mm -hmm. And so, I think they didn't like that I was gonna. I might. I don't want to sound. I'm not trying to sound cocky. I'm just trying to be real. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I kind of outshined him on that song, and I think that they mm -hmm. knew that. So if they can make me look like a bad or mean person, then it evens the playing field. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's the kind true. of stuff that just I wasn't into. So as it got towards the end, I, my vision got a little blurry of like where I was going to be. Like, I, I guess I kind of thought maybe he's up five. And it probably yeah. made you think too, when you started seeing how that was going, when you first didn't want to go on and because you th thought how they would <laughs> yeah. be. And, and then here it is are proving uh, yeah. that, that you're <laughs> what you, that you were right all along. Right. And, and, you know, and again, like this doesn't mean I would take back this experience because I don't. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, still made great yeah. yeah. I'm very grateful. Like the cool moment in my life was probably when Stevie Nicks and I sang her song together. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> talking to Brian May from Queen, you know, it's just that, that stuff you just can't, yeah. uh, wouldn't yeah. change for the world. You know, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. 
I'm the fan. Baby. And one of them double-edged swords, you know, you get great things out of these reality shows. I mean, we, we love the idol. We love oh, yes, the voice and all that, mm-hmm. you know, but I also know it's a show. Yeah. And they have to have ratings. Yeah. And yeah, so that's the negative so side is, is, you know, if you don't have a story, you're not moving on. Yeah. And that too, like I, I could have had my story, but I didn't go there. Cause I was like, I just, yeah. want to, I don't want to use that. I want my voice yeah. to take me through. Right. I don't want to be like my depression and you know, this person manipulated me. Like I, I just didn't want to go there, you know? Yeah. I think I went there once by accident in an interview and they didn't even use it. So I was kind of happy actually. So I was like crying, oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but it was already past that point. So, yes. Now speaking of when after you left idol, um, you had a lot of whirlwind things happen, you know, tell us about the shows you, that you were called to come on. How was that? I, I really enjoyed <laughs> the elimination. Um, so <laughs> I thought it was funny. So the first, so just to paint the picture. So as soon as you get eliminated, you you say goodbye to the judges. They come up to you, mm-hmm. have little conversations. Um, Randy, the whole time, like J Lo is like getting deep with me, and he's just going, "Yo, yo, yo!" I go, "Yo, can you just wait one minute?" Nah, he's cool. So when when you're done, you talk to them on stage, and then they take you backstage to like the psychologist to make sure you're not gonna go crazy. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> And I'm like, I don't need this. I'm fine. I mean, the only thing I learned, I start crying, and then I move on. You know? um, right. And you do. You go to a hotel room. I'm trying to remember. Uh, sleep for like two hours. Wake up. Go sit in a chair with a light on you. It almost felt like you were being like in a torture room or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's nothing in the room. Maybe like some cinder blocks. I'm on a platform in an uncomfortable chair with a camera on me, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they take me around the world. Um, on news stations in my ear, yeah. so I can't oh, wow. see myself or anything. I'm just, yeah. I just hear, and so you know, like, like how we are now, like the split screen on on ABC mm-hmm. or whatever, all over the every state, every city, and you do that yeah. for three hours straight. Um, wow. And it was, it started to get funny because you're like delirious at one, you know, some points, and yeah. <laughs> I had to listen over and over again to Ryan Seacrest saying my name that I was eliminated. You know, sitting. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, and then you know, I went on live with Kelly. I actually Trump, he was the guest right before me. Um, which was I met him twice actually. Um, yeah, live with Kelly, and then I sang, I love her. That was great. Oh, yeah. Ellen, which was awesome. awesome. Yes. Uh Jay Leno, super cool with, with Colton. Colton was I guess he couldn't make it the week before, so we were on it together. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Oh, yes. Yeah, so How was Jay Leno? Huh? How was Jay Leno? Uh, oh, he's so cool. You know, it's funny. <laughs> definitely, like, you can tell, he, you know, off camera, he's he's slow. He's moving around kind of slow. Like, you yeah. almost like, worried for him to do anything. And then he gets on camera. He's like, fine, you know? It's, <laughs> it's crazy how people do that. Like, the same thing with, you know, Steven Tyler. Like, his feet hurt. Like, they had to change his shoes. Yeah. Like, he's He's older, you know, as soon as he gets on stage, it's like he's 20. That's like I remember years ago when Zig Ziglar came to Savannah, we went and seen him. And I remember we were sitting out there and they um, had Zig coming up on stage and he got his cane. Yeah, he was up in the age. He could barely get up the stage. And I'm thinking to myself, how's he going to do all these tapes? And I'm not going to get the Zig that I dreamed of watching on stage. Yeah. And, And then he gets on stage. 
He gets the mic. He drops the cane. And then there's my zig. I'm like, whoa, you know, he was in that zone where it was like, all of a sudden he was a whole different person. Right. And when he was done, picked up the cane and then he could barely walk again. So hobbled off the stage and. Yep. I feel like that. I I know that sounds silly because I'm I'm not old, but um, I have some back issues. So I feel the same way. Like sometimes I, I wake up, I can barely move like it just happens once in a while where my back goes out and i can barely walk and then i play the gig and i'm it looks like i'm fine so no one really believes me you know and then i'm done and i'm like oh god like it hurts so bad but you just get that adrenaline and that passion and the motivation and you can just do anything you just don't know yeah when it's your passion it's just it's just what you do and when that when when it's live it's time to perform (laughs) your your mental just takes out any any physical ailment that you have it's cool that's like so many times with the show, I get so nervous before the shows and all that because I have a base questions, but I try to make it a conversation. So I never know where the show's going to go. Sometimes it goes hardcore God because that's where I stand. And when the artist goes that way, I really let me go that way. Um, sometimes it goes... I've been able to steer clear of politics. It's thank a God, I've been twenty able to... minute COVID. Right? Oh, and we, we, we even had when COVID first happened. What yeah. one of the craziest things? And I don't edit normally, but this time I had no choice. Um, one of our guests, he just got in a fight with his brother about COVID. They're both on extreme sides. Oh yes, extreme and opposite sides. So there's like five minutes before he goes on the show with us, and I'm sitting there like, um, I keep trying to guide it back. He guides it back. I'm guide it back. And and <laughs> after it was, and again, this was audio, so it wasn't video like yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got off the thing, I immediately downloaded the audio, edited that 10 minutes out. <laughs> so, okay, now we got a great interview. <laughs> yeah, 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 it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking uh, when I was on Ellen, I actually met Bill Clinton too. So I've met two. Oh, wow. <laughs> I forgot that he was on that one. That was interesting. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the show I went on that I actually I really liked him. I know he got fired, but um, Billy Bush he uh, he did uh, Access Hollywood, and that was like my favorite interview. Um, uh, yeah, that that interview was really that whole thing was just super fun. Um. Cause oh uh, Anderson Cooper, oh uh, yes, uh, that was a little more of a stiff interview. Like my jokes, <laughs> like, usually my jokes hit hard, and I'm like yes. <laughs> His it was just like very. I don't know if anyone likes me here or he does. But I think he's, I just he's just very you know professional and right. not really like Ellen or you know he's not jokey. You know, we, we use, um, when we went audio and we used to do just audio only, we used blog talk back then mm-hmm. and they have a countdown clock. Um, okay, so yes, and a British sounding voice. So, so I would kind of joke the same way every time because yeah. I would hit, want to guess to relax a little bit. And I would always joke that, you know, that the countdown clock makes you like get nervous. And I would tell the story of how the very first time I logged in and all that. Mm-hmm. And on some guests, I get nothing. And I'm like, yeah, like a 95% guest would laugh. And, and I'm like, like, oh, oh yeah. God, this is going to be a tough interview. But yeah. then we go live, then they shine. And I'm like, okay, I misjudged that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so different, you know, when you're in the waiting room and then when you turn it on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we never know where these are going to go. Um, the shows, which I enjoy, because again, this is my that part. You know, like we were talking earlier, 
um, about being routine. I don't like routine. Um, but this is my part to where, you know what? I don't have to be routine. <laughs> you know what you want. So, you know, it's always good. So, you know, that's one great thing. You know, I have a set, we go, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> where, where is this up? Where is this up? Like, where do people find this? On the Chris and Sandy show page. Oh, I know. Okay. Which will be tagged in it later. And I'll, and, and then also probably by tomorrow, I'll have it on the Chris and Sandy show um, website for the audio side. Right. Okay. Cool. Always have, we always download the audio side for all we the did. podcast platforms from iHeartRadio to all that. Oh, cool. Awesome. <clears throat> so, um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists and they don't see no, the teams behind them. And I don't think teams ever get enough love. And I don't care if it's a team of one person or a team of 300, as Justin Bieber has said he has. <laughs> um, a team is a team. And even if, it, even if it's just family, it's still a team. So I always want to talk about the teams a little bit. So if you want to take a few moments to tell us the people around you that help you be who you are. Well, I definitely had a bigger team before Corona. Okay. Um, so we can talk about that. So that team consisted of um, an intern who was just super passionate about it, wanted to learn about the music field. And she was awesome. She would just help me, like, you know, come over, organize, help with newsletters, which I need to get back on. Um, newsletters, website, keeping that updated. And then, I, you know, I have my other person who helps with, um, oh, my God. My brain just went, uh, yeah. Diane, she would always help me with um, everything. She's the best. Uh, just organizing um, shows, organizing the hospitality for shows, just the deals, getting the money, you know, everything. She was just the best ever. <laughs> um, you know, and now I have my, my person who kind of like runs the email and helps with that. I, I also try, you know, check in on that though. Cause right now things are just kind of weird, but I like to be, I'm on top of things more too. So I can see everything that's happening. So we yeah. both have access or three of us have access to that email, the, the team email. Um, and you know, there's the entertainment lawyer, um, the booking agent, the manager, <laughs> there's just, if when you you gotta have a good team, you know, especially when you're really going out there and you're really doing a lot of stuff when things are normal. Yeah. I can't believe things are normal because it's it's like I don't want to forget all these things. Yeah. Um, but that, that that team, you know, even though you gotta like split the money, which is always the hard part because it's such a hard industry to make money in. Anyway, um, it really is worth it when you have that solid team because all that sacrifice and all that money you're putting out is gonna come back to you. You know, you just yeah. gotta be consistent with it. Um, so yeah, the team is very very important. Because you know, it takes yeah. the pressure off the artist because the artist gets to do what they want to do. Needs yeah. To do and it's nice when you can have that person. Like I had this one manager once, uh, Greg, but he had to get the different jobs. So I lost him, but um, still good friends. Uh, he was amazing. Um, and his role was keep the stress away from me. You know, I don't need to know every ins and outs of like what deal or who was rude or who screwed me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that is going to interfere with my artistry. And I'm yeah. and artists, as you know, are very passionate and emotional people, most of them. So yeah. I'm not trying to say like, we're not balanced or we're crazy or anything like that, but we, we get fiery, we get passionate and that's not a good look. You know, yeah. I, you don't want to be the bad guy when you're booking yourself. You also don't want to sell yourself. You need yeah. to do yeah. that, you know, like it's, it's, 
it's shame shameful in a way, you know, and and we do have to do that sometimes, um, unfortunately. And you got to convince people who you are and show them if they don't know. And it's just better when you have that team in play that can really do that for you. And you know, I remember um, talking to a friend of mine, Shelly. She was, you know, for the longest time we first launched this show. I didn't understand if I if I had that contact in that artist, why can't I reach out? I mean, I hate I almost hated the PR companies. I knock on wood now because I love them. They're oh I, yes, they I, I've learned why they do what they do now. I just didn't understand it back then, yeah. and so I would reach out sometimes to artists, and I'd get chewed out for that. And and I I, I one of uh, my good friends in Nashville finally let me know said, look. There's a couple reasons. One is if everybody's booking, you're going to end up booking the same time, same day. You know, and next thing you know, you, everybody's confused. So mm-hmm. it's better to have one person do all the booking. He said, second, you're going to have get people like our show reach out to an artist. And instead of the artist being the bad guy, the PR company can be the bad guy and say, no. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, we love the PR companies now. They keep us fed. You know, I mean, if it weren't for a PR company, in fact, I'm so opposite the other way where I almost don't want to bring people on unless they at least have a little team and especially a PR. Because what I have learned is the artists with PR teams are usually do interviews better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of, uh, an idol, anyone you interview with idols probably okay because all we do is interviews every single day. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's yes, true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it was like a twenty-four-seven gig. You know, um, wow. like, oh, Sundays are day off, but you have a thirteen-hour video shoot for four. <laughs> so, wow. and in between every single thing that you do, they're like, okay, now come talk about it in this room in front of this camera. You know, so it's just yeah. I love that. And, and you know, speaking of teams, we, like I said, we have a third team member. We although did, a nine-year-old, yes. we let come on and ask one question. To each. Yes. And so Sandy's going to go get, get it. it. And <laughs> we've got a 22-month-old little daughter that when she gets older, we plug oh. her into the show, too. Because oh. we are a family affair. That's so cute. <laughs> what's what's he going to ask me? I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have one or two questions. That, yeah. Um, I can play if you want me to. I'm just gonna tune in in case you want me to. Hi, yeah. hi, Elise. How's it going? So, going good. So, uh, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Hmm. I love mashed potatoes. <laughs> mm. <Is that> weird. <laughs> mashed potatoes. Pizza. 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 I was gonna say pizza is probably a close second. <laughs> what kind of pizza you like? I like pepperoni and sausage. Mm, that sounds so good right now. You got something? It, it does right now, don't it? <laughs> it does sound good. <laughs> <right. laughs> make us all hungry. <laughs> Do you know what? You seen the movie Home Alone? Huh? What? Home Alone? I don't think you've seen yet. it yet. What? What are you robbing your <laughs> childhood? All right. So when you. <laughs> When you see that movie, you know, the, the lead character, Macaulay Culkin, he actually has this weird band and now, and the band only sings songs about pizza. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very weird. I, I don't know if it's good per se, but all oh, that's like the whole band. That's the whole thing. Well, if you want to be niche, he's niche. Yeah. 
Bye, thanks. Bye. Yeah, so tell us the song you're going to play for us, and I'll let you take over. I didn't. I didn't plan which one yet. I was gonna see if you wanted to, what you wanted to hear. Do you want to hear? I'm gonna tune it while I'm talking. Did you want to hear like a a cover or um, an original? Original. Original would be great. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy fixed this guitar up for me. This is Idol gave me this. Oh wow. Oh, well, Gibson gave it to me um, when we were on Idol. But this guy fixes it up for me and it's just amazing. It's like always in tune still. Well, hold on. Uh. <laughs> it's very cold in the basement. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, so, um, uh oh. Yeah, oh. No. oh, you're still there. Yeah. Yes, we're still here. I can do. Oh, I'm gonna turn that off. So, uh, sorry, I should have. I should have planned. I guess I was gonna just like you said. I like to see how because I wrote a new one, but it's not quite finished. So I'm not gonna do yeah. that. Okay. And then I have. Let's see. Ah, the furnace just kicked on. Um. All right, I'm gonna do this one. Okay. It's called Can't Get Enough. We're all soldiers driven by love. And we'll keep on marching because we can't get enough. Can't get enough. Try and try, get so high. Then you cry because you can't get enough. Wasting time with every sigh when you lie and lie and you don't get up. Chance comes for you to take it, make it, but you gotta be tough. Falling down till love is found. Oh, we're all soldiers driven by love, and we'll keep on marching because we can't get enough. Can't get enough. Look around, nothing's found. Always feels like you wanna give up. Acting shy as you're passing by when you can smile and light it up. Grab on, try not to break it. Make it so it feels like enough. Scare them off and then you're done. It wasn't right. Don't give up. We're all soldiers driven by love. And we'll keep on marching. Because we can't get enough. Can't get enough. It may feel like you know nothing. When you've You gotta hold on for a new love to start. Oh, oh yeah. Hold on. Hold 
Oh, you gotta hold on. Oh, you gotta hold on. Thank you. That's on the first album. Uh, oh, wow. A whole bunch of stuff happening on it. Like, I'm really obsessed with the details, which sometimes people yell at me for because I'm not always focusing on maybe just like highlighting my voice. But I'm just so obsessed with like background vocals and harmonies mm -hmm. and horns and strings and just all the instruments. So that one, I spent a really long time on the last maybe 40 seconds of the song. I probably spent at least two hours, like, I mean, two days just mixing like 30 seconds because it was so important to me to have all those details weaving in and out and not being not one being overpowering the other but just yeah. making yeah. a very cohesive piece and when i play that i i'm like think i'm hearing all of those things happening I, I i don't know if you can but but when you hear hear the song you know you'll you'll see what i mean awesome sandy's got a couple questions too so. yes i do a couple questions and i think he's got another one after that all right if you could describe your music to someone who's never heard it before how would you describe it i always have trouble with this you think i'd get it by now um, <laughs> um i always feel like you know it's soulful is the first thing i think of um it's very influenced by jazz and blues um it's got a funk influence but i wouldn't say i'm full funk uh, yeah i think you know with me I, I really kind of span all over um which is good and bad in the music industry um so you know i'm very influenced by americana um mm -hmm. as well where you can hear that in the first record but then yeah. in the second one you know you can hear more of um the influence of like i don't know if you've heard of stretch music yeah kind mm -hmm. of like a newer yeah it's almost like jam band but like elite yeah. you know like the elitists <laughs> um <laughs> and and i really like that and i have a lot of those musicians are the musicians on this album that are in bigger bands you know they played with prince they played with snarky puppy and um beyonce you know they play with all different people so um yeah. i yeah. like to incorporate so i guess what i try to do the best way to explain what i try to do for that is i build my band based on all the things that have influenced me uh, and then I am fronting that. So you have that like eclectic mix of sound as one. You know, it's usually my goal with live shows. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. I don't know if I explained that well. Oh, great <laughs> All right. And what do you want your legacy to be as an artist? What would you like to be known for? Um, I like I, I really love when people say they hear my voice and they know it's me. You know, like no one sounds like like I've heard. No one sounds like me, and that is something that like I really. Dolly. No one sounds like Dolly. Right, distinctly. Like, like you know, when you hear Stevie Nicks or, or Dolly Parton, like you know oh, it's yeah. them. 
and that that is what I would like to leave behind um, the uniqueness of that. But also, I want to be a good person. I want to be known as a good person. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess yeah, um, just you know that I can make something come to life for people. You know, that's that's maybe yeah. like yeah, I would like to leave behind. You know, that I I can I've made you feel something, and maybe it's timeless. Awesome. awesome. Now, last February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question, because the answer she gave us five years ago was almost to the T of what she's living right now. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? I want to, I want to be doing, um, I want to be recording and writing. Um, and performing, but just on a, a better, a bigger, yeah. more, um, less struggle. Um, and you know that more, um, I guess less, less trying to like fight all the time for the respect that I feel like we deserve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, or not having to chase things, you know, like having these things present themselves opportunities um and and i you know and that by no means means being lazy yeah remember we're running a show here and we got the same dreams and goals as y'all do just a different platform yeah, you know, we want to be the bobby bones the ty bentley the ryan seacrest of shows mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so we're chasing that same dream so we totally we get understand. it we <laughs> understand right like you want the pr to call you up and say you know like yeah. i want to book an interview with beyonce yeah. you know Exactly. <laughs> because the day that somebody emails us and say, hey, we want to get Blake Shelton on your show, I'm going to be like, drop, like, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> my goal, my goals necessarily aren't uh, being famous because yeah, that's to me, not a realistic goal, but it would be nice. I, I appreciate the respect of my fellow musicians that I look up to and that inspire me. And I would like to just be known if I was going to be famous in any capacity, I want I would want all the musicians to know who I was and that we could always work together. And there was like a respect that was yeah. understood. Yeah. Like, I know that I can trust you to do this or you're the person yeah. I need to call to do that. I want to be on the minds of the people, you know, wow. to call me for these things. Because whenever they do, you know, whenever I do something like outside the box, like I was in a, a Vic Firth uh, drumsticks, it's called VF Jams mm -hmm. uh, video with uh, all these musicians that I, like this is something that I visioned a while ago. Um, all the musicians that I wanted to be a part of and respected by, I was playing with on this video oh, and wow. it went viral, wow. almost up to like eight hundred thousand uh, views. Wow. Uh, VF Jams, uh, Stanley Randolph. Um, he's Stevie Wonder's drummer. I think I said that already. Um, but that, but that was like one of the most amazing experiences, and the connections I made um, were just so great from that. Um, I, lo I lost my train of thought. Was I just talking about, oh, the vision? Hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I just love that so much. And I want more things like that to happen. I'm glad, I'm glad that the person in charge thought of me and knew that I could yeah. Yeah. Wow. for that, you know, and I just Ooh. want that to continue on and just, you know, keep, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it going. Um, and, and playing for like eight rooms, like, uh, I would love to play for, um, like 800 cap rooms. Like it doesn't have to be 10,000 people, even yeah. 200. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that better. I feel like when there's it's too big, um, because I did the whole festival thing, uh, which is yeah. cool. um, but it gets lost, you know, festivals people yeah. are like hammered or who knows what else they're doing and they <laughs> sound mm -hmm. might not be good or they're like a thousand yards away. Um, you know, in a room of two hundred full or eight hundred, like you, you can like really deliver what you need. Be a I want to be a yeah. vessel, you know, and I can do yeah. that mm -hmm. like that. And that's really the goal, like is to have you know sold out shows between two hundred and eight hundred people and being able to do my original music and and, and what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Love that. As we come down to the last question here, let's say you had a friend of yours, you heard him or her sing, and they have something special. You know, as Simon Cowell would say, they have that it, it factor. But they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows that are still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage. They get what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. They know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? I would just say, like, the work never ends. Don't get comfortable. <laughs> like, and, and every time you think you're comfortable, something's probably going to change in the industry, what you need to do. Yeah. And also, like, stay humble. Mm -hmm. You know, understand that being famous is sacrificing your privacy. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, just, you know, don't ever really honestly don't ever get comfortable <laughs> and don't like your ego sabotage your future i love mm. that now if you want to let everybody know how they can reach out to you um my website has uh my all my socials on it elisetestone.com um i have my music up on bandcamp itunes spotify you name it um i have two albums three singles and i'm working on all new music right now um yeah and uh i'll be in charleston in march for those of you in the south uh yeah. i will post that on the website i haven't been posting the shows around here but i'll, I'll post the march one so just keep an eye out we love that. <laughs> you know we really enjoyed having you on the show today we, we definitely look forward to having you back all right thank you so much i appreciate it i enjoyed it too <laughs> oh thanks all right